what you put out, you get back. Yeah. And a lot of people, it's hard to understand that until you put yourself out on the line. Uh, welcome to another episode of Florida's Fitness Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Mark. We got the other Mark over there, and we have <laughs> Steve. <Yeah>. Steve Coyne. <laughs> All right. So uh, we'll get into it. Um, you know, first off, like we like to thank you for coming on, and we just like to get your your whole background and how you got into strongman. Right. So I'm Steve Coyne. I am a strongman promoter, coach, and athlete. And I really center a lot of my life around strongman because I find it very empowering for people. This is something that gives people an opportunity to better themselves and go above and beyond in ways that other avenues just can't provide. It did for me. My background was I started off as a fat kid almost my entire life. And because I was very, very, very fortunate to have a lot of good coaches, mentors, and influences, I was able to find some confidence in myself. Okay. And really, the whole game changed for me. So I. I want to be somebody that provides that outlet for others. So you're like a thick boy? Like, how many seeds are we talking? Oh, man. Four or five minimum. <laughs> oh, no shit. Four or five minimum. Oh, you know, oh, yeah. You know, it was one of these things where I remember, oh, geez, like third grade when they would do our weights and stuff. Yeah. Like, somebody would say, like, oh, you're going to be a football player. I was like, what, dude? Don't, yeah. don't tell me that, man. Like, that, you're calling me fat in, like, the nicest way possible. But, like, you know, thank you. I wish someone was... said that to me. <laughs> uh, it's important because, like, you know, I work with kids and, like, you had that that confidence, like with great mentors, to put you in this in this area, and it you know obviously skyrocketed you to where you are now. So like that little boost of confidence you get at an early age, which most people don't understand, especially you know, I would say young teenagers. Like without that kind of push, they don't know where their trajectory will be. And like usually, if you get that kind of push at an early age in a positive you know trajectory with sports or with strongman or any kind of extra Curricular, yeah, extracurricular activities. Curricular. Yeah, I, I can't talk today. <laughs> extracurricular activities, um, it'll boost you to you know new heights and like obviously it led you down a, a, a great path. Hundred percent, and that's that's what it's all about is providing the opportunity. And a lot of people will never want to apply themselves, and, and that's okay. But there are a lot of people that are going to want to and don't really know how they're going to do it. So that's. That's why I'm looking to provide the platform that I provide. Awesome. So how did you get into promoting? Promoting? Yeah. Uh, I had competed in several powerlifting and strongman competitions when I was in high school. Always so much fun. Absolute blast. Uh, to give a little background on the specific areas I was in. So I'm, I'm from Arlington, Texas, where Metroflex is. And that's, many nice. people know it. Yeah, so a lot of people know that. That's yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Lightweight, baby. So it's like the, is the, so I'm from California and we have the one in Long Beach. Is that like the, the so franchise? A franchise of that. Franchise. Okay, yeah, so you it's know. It's not the original. No, the, the original Texas is where I am, Arlington, Texas. That's right. So home of Ronnie Coleman. Some people and I might Warren. know like Branch Warren, right. Johnny Jackson. I mean, the, it, the list goes on and on and on. So, you know, that's where I started lifting on my 15th birthday. Nice. And, you know, I walk in, the first night I was in there, Ronnie Coleman was in there. I didn't, awesome. even, I didn't know who it was at the time. I just remember, like, <laughs> just some guy. it wasn't his musculature that was so amazing. I mean, of course, he's like a 300-pound gargantuan. But I remember, like, the guy looked like he had a garden hose vein on his bicep. And that was the thing. I was like, what in the world is going on? <laughs> so that environment, they would hold these meets where people, you've seen any of those Ronnie Coleman lifting videos? Yeah. That's the energy that those meets would have Hell in yeah. that facility. That's, that's dope. You know, yeah. so, like, back slaps, yeah. screaming, 
you know, and, and not just for nothing. I mean, we're talking like 800 pound deadlifters, yeah. 600 pound benches, you know, yeah. truly some performances, people yeah. coming from all over to get into this. And I just fell in love immediately. It was, yeah. a, it was a perfect, you know, thing to get exposed to really early on. And I said, man, I, I want to do this. I want to do more of this. You know, so I promoted a couple meets starting when I was 19. Mm -hmm. I ended up taking that into Chicago. Became a little more difficult when I was in Chicago just yeah. because the fitness scene yeah. is not, not the same. as it's big there. Yeah. You know, it's, I think it's, it's the heat, man. I think people are drawn to the heat and the fitness because you can do so much outside. Well, you can't cover up your body. You know, you, yeah. You're yeah. not going to wear a winter coat for nine months. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's true. It's very yeah. simple. People yeah. are like half naked all the time. And like, yeah. you're more it's compelled so to like, hot. Yeah. dress better and yeah. look better if you're like half naked all the time. Yeah. I just want to like look at look good naked, period. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what it comes down to for a lot of us physically, but yeah. it is, it's truly, I mean, what is it right now? It's about to be August 1st, yeah. and that yeah. means in Chicago, in about one more week, you feel that coldness in Lake Michigan coming in, and then you know. know in a couple weeks, yeah. like, oh boy, come September, it's yeah. going to be time to get my coat out, Ugh. So, yeah, you know, then coming back here, it really that's crazy. revitalized my passion. I actually had gotten going and was doing well in Chicago, but pandemic kit yeah. if i'm trying to run events with 50 60 competitors i can't really do that when you know the mandates at the time says you can have 10 people indoors right now yeah you know so if i'm saying i need me to manage three judges mm -hmm. and minimum three volunteers for staff you know yeah, we're talking seven yeah. people right away so what exactly. am i going to do run three, three man competition <laughs> can't do it it's no. almost like those like like I, I ripped on like how the pandemic had um like you said, my swimming background, they had televised like swimming. It's like where you race against other people on the jumbotron. And I'm like, really? how? Like, listen, you're in a six foot lane. That's you can lane. swim against somebody in another six foot lane. Honestly, chlorine kills everything. Kills germs. Kills your wow. dreams. Like, <laughs> it's it's fine. Like you'll be you'll be, you'll be totally fine. So, I just found the whole. I mean, we've already talked the whole 2020 year in past podcast so i'm not going to go on there too deep but no, that whole sure. yeah I'm, i mean we got to cover all the stuff that listen, we actually got right at some point i'm not going to tell them that i'm right <laughs> but i was i was literally right i mean you could time. listen to andy Priscilla and he'll talk about how much of that shit was right so i'm still waiting for my apologies from family members. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know yeah. It, but what's what's interesting about all that is i have found that you know that was a great split for for many people and i i have the things that I've done since all these shutdowns and all that have yeah. only been like far beyond what I thought I was going to be able to do. So sometimes you need some sort of, I don't know if cataclysm is the right word, but wow, what a disaster. That's like a, you know, yeah. historical yeah. moment yeah. in Worldwide time. Worldwide disaster. And yeah. that, that propelled me to coming down to this amazing area. You know, I get to meet people yeah. that are like crushing it like you guys with your podcast. I've made so many amazing contacts like in the strength, fitness, and lifting world. Unbelievable the opportunities that have been afforded to me because... I was propelled to like change everything yeah. because of those shutdowns, you know, like really like, and that's, that's something that it lit a spark in me. And I see it happen for so many other people too, with their businesses or their just relationships or their individual fitness. You know, a lot of people woke up for those yeah, moments. I, I think that, that a uh, sense of un uncertainty and, you know, that cataclysm, either you stay complacent or you, you found a driving point where like, Hey, my fight or flight is hitting. I need a fight for everything I have, and yeah. it's a it's a total paradigm shift. I think a lot of people took advantage of of that uh, that opportunity. You know, 
sometimes, you know, these tragedies or traumatic events happen to us, you can either fold or you show everyone who you truly are, yeah. and most people are going to fight. Absolutely, and so many people, unfortunately, have folded, mm -hmm. and like I said, it's really a bummer, but a lot of people will never, like, rise up to the occasion yeah. for something like that, but it makes it so much sweeter for those of us that are going to. Well, I mean, that's the thing that you just, I mean, I, I kind of got into sports and, and, like, physical culture later in life. Because I was too busy being a nerd and being kind of like a sheltered fat kid. I mean, I wasn't three C's, but that's all right. I was I was the embarrassed fat kid who went into the water with like a t-shirt on. I was, you know what? Me too, you man. At one point, yeah, hundred percent, like fifth, sixth grade, absolutely. What that is was that? Me. You know what? That is just so weird to be. They're a not kid. gonna know. They're not gonna know, bro. I know. It's like you know, because they're definitely not gonna see past your like wet shirt. I'm not gonna see my wet shirt that like highlights <laughs> no, my man boobs no, even like more. Easy, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, now you look goofy with your wet shirt and you know, like your tits were popping out when you were a kid. But wet like t-shirt contest. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you, you said something about how like actually the circumstances around the pandemic gave you an opportunity i actually get like made you kind of rise up to the occasion and i think you don't get the successes that you are getting now without being able to see through cataclysm and actually making the most out of it yeah and and, and like i think it's just and this is coming from the perspective of someone who felt like for the longest time like the world was beating them down like that's just kind of my thought and then i started to realize the more i put i affect the world around me, the more that I can get back in return. But it's until you make that realization and you start to kind of see the rewards from that, that you actually can see that it's worth doing more often. And like you said, I think you said earlier, you're, you're, all, you're your own boss. Yeah, it's the yeah. best. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely love every second of it. And you're totally right about it. It's what you put out, you get back. Yeah. And a lot of people, it's hard to understand that until you put yourself out on the line kind of take a chance to do some some big daring things that like I said daring risky like you don't you don't get it it's hard to take those steps and truly be vulnerable to give to others you know and until you do that you're never gonna get it yeah and you started since you were like what 19 you said for for um promoting promoting shows my first show Metroflex SummerSlam that would have been 2009. Wow, yeah, That's yeah, crazy. yeah. No, 2000, 2011, excuse me. Yeah, so when I was 19. So was that just like you were super excited to, to be a part of all this and you were just like, this is the thing I want to do? You just realized that then and there? Totally. You know, I'm very big into ritual. You're and lucky, these man. meets are, it's collective conscious. Yeah. You know, when, when yeah. people are focused and bringing their passions and energies together, that creates a whole energy field which anybody there in the moment can tap into and that's you know not just the lifters yeah. that is friends and family that are there to watch it you know how many yeah. people come to my shows and i hear like wow that that x person was so motivating like seeing this person do that lift i've never seen anything like that and that's yeah. you know that's the energy that we create yeah. and put out there to you know like my favorite coaches were the ones that were always like super passionate <laughs> yeah and like my favorite announcer, always like before like the 50, which is the fastest race in, you know, in swimming it's the okay. fastest race, right? And he always, you know, before the 50, because it was his favorite race to watch, because it's, it's literally who's, who's got the most speed, who's, who's the strongest. Yeah. You can't make any mistakes. He was like, all right, 50 freestyle, you know, more muscle, more hustle. You guys know, you know, what you're looking at. And it, anyone from lane eight to lane one can win that race. Yeah. And it's always like super excited. So he was like, I mean, he was a great, I forget his name, but he was a great promoter and, um, you know, MC for these meets. And it's something that whenever he was at the meet, like everyone was already fired up. So it, it made everyone swim faster, everyone cheer louder. And 
you know, from the stands to the pool deck, like it just the place was erupting. So, like for you, like having that energy, feeding off, you know, other competitors, and you being an athlete yourself, you know what that looks like. Like I can only imagine what kind of motivation it brings to like, you know, a bystander or somebody who's just watching. Yeah, yeah. and it's pretty amazing that at this last World Strongest Manatee, we had an awesome, amazing client of mine, Jana. Jana's sixty-seven, yeah. and. I met Jana. Yeah, yeah. Jana rocks. You know Jana. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know a lot of a lot of people that were her friends came out and were seeing stuff. They were like, I can't believe that you did that. I don't think I could ever do something like that. But here's your proof in front of you. You have somebody proving that like, hey man, we can all do this. We can yeah. all participate and you know, rise above to do these things. And again, that's what it's all about. I keep saying it, but really, it's about you know setting that spark to to be better and do yeah, better. That's true. What's cool is, too, um, you came into this, I mean, this is the first time you and I have ever physically met, but you came into this space and you were like, hey, I'm just here to, like, basically learn and kind of figure out this process and see how I can apply it to to what I do. And I think that's, um, I said when you said that you figured out what you wanted to do at 19, that you were kind of lucky for doing that. But also, I think part of that is you realize that in order to put this stuff together, you have to be willing to learn. Like the only reason why you're your own boss is because you try, you, you figure this stuff out. And I think the kind of the sad thing for us is realizing that so many people were sheeple back in 2020. And yeah. we were just so willing to give everything up. And yeah. here you are like, ah, natural disaster, yeah. glo- worldwide pandemic. I'm going to figure out a way to make the most out of this. Global yeah. pandemic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it just propelled me in a way that I didn't think was going to happen because it got pretty bleak i think yeah. for you know most people at one yeah. point in time but you one know. Point, yeah one point in time, like I, I can't tell you how many people like checked in and you know i see that you know now that i work with kids like i see the ramifications of a lot of people's actions i mean you know kids staying home for two years staring at their sta- screen staring at their screen like you know with no supervision has totally warped their minds in different ways um i mean i have kids who are 15 16 17 years old who can't tell time on an analog clock like basic stuff that you cursive, learn. Yeah, totally gone. Oh, well, cursive is always gone. <laughs> um, they have no physical activity at all. Like if I told, if I asked, I have eight kids at the shelter right now. If I asked eight, all eight of them to do push-ups, one of them could probably do 10. So it's like, it's not bad. only are they weak mentally. I mean, they, they are. They are weak mentally because their education is shot. They're also weak physically and the spiritually like they they give up on everything they don't see things through so um you know we we ripped on how in 2012 they got rid of presidential fitness award you were talking Amazing. about how you had a, a client that was that's 90 and he had the yeah. army's uh standing jump test standing mm-hmm. jump test so we can we can riff on that and how you know that's you know molded a weak society you know because that that's that's the generation that is totally not like how we grew up. Yeah, a lot of it's high standards too. You know, mm-hmm. that's 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 it. When you remove the standards, there's no incentive to yeah. be better. Is yeah. it you remember doing the, the physical fitness test, the presidential fitness absolutely, test? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And as you might have guessed from what I said earlier, I was terrible at yeah, it. Yeah. I, I couldn't do anything, <laughs> man. Yeah. You know what? I was always strong, I could always like, you know, in PE and stuff, I could throw things pretty hard. We would play hockey. I could hit a good, you know, slap shot and stuff. My jump shot was okay, but as far as any sort of athletic stuff past that, yeah. nothing. Yeah. No pull ups, mm. none of that business. Sit ups, like get out of here. Yeah, right. Running, yeah. nope. So, 
my, from my background, like I didn't, I wasn't athletic until I hit like junior high school. Like okay. when puberty hit and I hit, like all the testosterone and everything started clicking. Like I grew into my body. So from, you know, first grade when you start the, you know, presidential fitness award to like fifth grade, I think I won like the shuttle run and like that was like the only award I got. Maybe like the sit-ups and like the sit and reach. Yeah, those three. But then when I got to junior high school, I got everything. Like the mile run, it was like, I was like sub six minutes. I can do the shuttle run. I can do sit-ups. I can do pull-ups. I can basically anything you wanted me to do, I can do. And it gave me, you know, great sense of pride that I was like, hey, I got this, you know, even though it was like obviously stamped or like printed out, you mm-hmm. got this little award saying like, you know, President Bush gave you this President Fitness Award. You are among the top 10 percentile of the United States. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, yeah. you know, something you can be proud of. Like, yeah, you know, that's gone. So, and like, that was the same time that they got rid of um, the... About what year was that? What'd you say? Well, 2012. So that was the, that was the Obama years. Gotcha. But, you know, for me go, growing up, that was, you know, President Bush was... Gotcha. In office, President Bush and Clinton. And then... Um, Bush Senior or Bush Junior? Senior. Senior. Junior. Junior. And then... Okay. Um, you know, that was the same time they got rid of music programs and art programs, too. Yeah. So, it, it like... I think that was around the time, too, when they started to kind of integrate the Boy Scouts. Like, there was this talk about, like, girls joining the Boy Scouts and stuff like that. That happened later. Was it later? Yeah. I think that was yeah, a little later. That was later. I think it was kind of like, the same wave, though. Well, that started dying out. Like, it wasn't cool to do Boy Scouts anymore. So, like, I was in the Boy Scouts for probably until, like, about fifth grade, and I was like, well, I got tired of all those, like those pack meetings where we did nothing. So <laughs> I was like, funny. hey, I joined the Boy Scouts so we can go like camping and like learn how to fix bikes and do all these physical stuff. And all we're talking about is talking. Like all we're doing is talking <laughs> how we're going to do stuff. Like I yeah. want to actually do it. So I kind of was like, mom, don't sign me up for Boy Scouts anymore. Put me in sports and uh, yeah, yeah. I'll learn how to fix shit on my own. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, Boy Scouts is another thing where it's merit badges, achievements. Yeah. yeah. You know, the different things that you can have a clear path to achievement laid out yeah. right in front of you. And, and typically, of course, you have a mentor, you have somebody that's your guide that can assist you in the way. So, you know, it's, where where is that? That's yeah. gone and that's, yeah. that's a big problem with, you know, not only getting rid of things like the presidential fitness test, mm-hmm. but, you know, just the overall just standards lack of standards, yeah. exactly right, you know, and, and a lot of people don't have any for themselves. So, as I said earlier, another thing that's happened with this like, 2020 situations a lot of people have gotten really aggressive in a good way and a personal accountability yeah. I really deeply believe as I feel that you know Probably both of you guys do is that not only are we doing this for ourselves But we're doing it to like be an example yeah. of what you can do for yourself You know yeah. and it's it's you know sometimes would, it feels yeah. selfish to say that because it's almost like well look at me But it's not really about that. It's about you know, I built myself up you can too and I'm exactly. going to help yeah. you yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. if yeah. you want to do that yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like you, you really can't be a contributing member of society if you can't even take care of yourself. So I think mm-hmm. it starts there. And I think, and you're right, like part of the mission statement of what we were trying to do with this is to build some kind of a legacy, to at least impart whatever we learned. Because we learned it in different stages. I think you said you learned it about junior high, middle mm-hmm. school. I learned it like later on in life after my 20s. And then you learned it because, like you said, you were like a chunky kid. But like all of these points in time are like something that some kid can pick up and go, oh, that guy figured all this stuff out and it, it, it taught him to have some standards and strive for something so that he can feel accomplished. And I think it does suck that all this stuff has gone away because just as, just as like human animals, the way that our brains work, 
is that you need reference points to give you confidence. And I think the, the failure in all this is that, remember when they started talking about self-esteem? Yeah. I think the whole idea of self-esteem is good because I think maybe in the 50s people were so like intense about like driving you to work that we lost a sense of like, you know, you should feel some, self, some sort of self-empowerment. Yeah. But I think it swung the opposite direction where it's like, oh, you didn't do anything? That's okay. You have self-esteem. You're, you're good enough as you are. And then people started stopped striving for things because it's like, why bother? Like, I'm good enough as I am, like, as a fat, pathetic dude. And to me... It's like a participation trophy. That's like, yeah. Well, yeah, it was like, for me, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm overweight. Like, I need to do something about this. Yeah. And there's just something about it that doesn't feel right to me. And maybe that could be, like, physiologically mm-hmm. because adipose tissue produces, produces estrogen, which makes you more emotional. Yeah. Don't fucking hate me for mansplaining. <laughs> but but it, that it's just I think that may have been a part of it, and we took that away as a social movement to make everybody feel better. But the consequences of that are we are we creating like ineffectual men? And I think what's this? What's the like number now? I think they say that like men in this generation are have like fifty percent less testosterone than guys in, in like nineteen sixties. Yeah, yeah, in like nineteen sixties, yeah. and like like guys in like. For World War Two, yeah. guys were like signing up to join the war at like sixteen. Like yeah. they were like underage trying to go well, and fight. You know, just to, just a reference. Like, so my brother just bought a bought a um, M1 Grand in an auction. Yeah. M1 Grand was the standard rifle for World War Two. Yeah. That son of a bitch is heavy. It yeah, is. It, it's it's heavy. So and it's hard to operate. And it's and very hard to operate. You gotta so pull like, that son of a bitch yeah, back. Like we, I racked a couple times. I'm like, this is. You There's know, no like five pound pull. Yeah, I'm like, oh, well, I well, we haven't even shot it yet, but we still have to get it um, working a little bit better. Yeah. But, you know, I've I've owned guns. I I don't know if you guys have have shotguns. So, yeah. so, you know, in a standard AR-15, you know, it's less than five pounds. It's nice. Well, yeah, and yeah. it's very easy to carry. Uh-huh. So I could imagine like carrying an M1 Grand around. You got like, you know, like five shots? Five shots, yeah, five and shots. Had to reload that thing, yeah. And that is just your weapon. That yeah. is not, yeah. you know, yeah. that is not your armor. That is not any sort yeah. of munitions. That is not anything else. So, like, think about all that. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going through right now is one of my recertifications for training. It's a tactical conditioning course, right? Yeah. And one of the things that really stood out to me, they said in the Afghanistan conflict, the average soldier was carrying 99 pounds yep. of extra yeah. stuff. And, yeah. you know, that speaks a lot to like the army and the capabilities of people that are at war. But you go and look at what kind of standards they're getting rid of now. Yeah. You know, it just gets worse and worse and worse. It's all yeah. steam rolling on top of each other. Just tagged you, 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 you just tagged how they lowered the standards yeah. for physical fitness oh, because God, they, yeah. they so the the military goes in these waves where they either need to recruit a bunch of people or they need to or they need well, to get like, rid of look, a bunch of people. Yeah, and they got rid of like, so many people because of they, they say no the, high school diploma. Is that what yeah. it is? They don't even no, have no. It's a, just like I don't know if they did that, but they're lowering well, they the physical they that, standards. Yeah, probably, physical, yeah. You know, check me on this. Yeah. But one of the one of the branches, I think it might have been the army. You do not need a high school diploma to enlist anymore. All right, so. <laughs> I mean, I do and, for you and if, like, I'm, yeah. if I'm wrong, yeah. that's one of them, but yeah. I don't know which one. So sorry, yeah. Army, if I'm wrong. I, I'm all I'm okay with that. I mean, back in you know World War II days, I'm sure there were plenty of people who didn't necessarily have a diploma, and they were just working the farm. They were like, hey, I'm going to go to war. That's yeah. fine with that. I think it's just the physical standards and, and people's and, and the amount of effort that people are willing to put into. Like I said, to, to carry your weapon. To, to I mean, like you're right. Like I think 
whether you're 150 pounds soaking wet or a 200 pound dude, you're carrying like 90 pounds of gear now. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm reading Tim Kennedy's book, and he it's such the, a good book. The chapter um, oh, I'm on, he's you know he's explaining how he's doing these for um, special forces. He's doing these rough runs and these you know these star navigation you know trails with you know 140 pounds of gear on them. Like you have to be a, an athlete to do this kind yeah. of stuff, and for me, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I want my military to look like athletes, not some, you know, Michelin men, Tato boys. Yeah. Like, I, honestly, like, you know, and the same thing with my law enforcement and, you know, firefighters. Like, I want, you know, people who can fight and who can, yeah. you know, actually save people. Yeah. I, th- I think that touches on sort of what you were saying about the standards and... I'm the nerd in this conversation and I look at this stuff very deeply and like social implications of stuff. So my, my theory on this, and it's a loose theory, um, or my hypothesis on this is that when you lower the standards for a society, the reason why those standards are there, it's like, you know, there's that saying, it's like, um, hard men create good, good times. times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard, hard times. Hard times. Mm-hmm. So I think hard men, we created good times. Mm-hmm. And so it, we, we've kind of at this point where it's like, oh, we, need to, we don't need to work that hard. It's like, what, what is strong men? What do they say about like, um, it's like fake. It's like making up, what is it, like yard work? Or what's, what's the thing? It's like made up um, farm work is like strong man. More or less, more or less, you know, like all of every really original or every, every implement and thing in strong man has come from some sort of like practical, functional thing, whether yeah. it's like carrying a wheelbarrow. And bailing hay. Bailing, hey, yeah, exactly yeah. right. You know, yeah. so stuff like that. It's it's like real down to earth. Yeah. Ex- you know, in straw man, it's yeah. turned up a whole lot, but it's practical, functional movements. Yeah. You know, carrying heavy stuff. You know, running with heavy stuff, like picking something up to load it up. Yeah. It's it's really all that that stuff is when you boil it down. Picking up yeah. kegs for keg parties. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what it is. You know, when when the cops come bust you up, picking yeah. up that keg and running it to the next house over. So you know you don't Gotta get too busted. I've gotten yeah. really good at that lately. You know, so, so what I was saying is like when you, you so I I kind of came into this country as an outsider because I'm an immigrant. And so for me, I didn't necessarily have the sense of like, I'm proud of this country until I got to realize it more because I kind of went from the outside in mm-hmm. and it was like, I, I looked into communism and then I, I kind of felt my own like oppressive parents was like a, a kind of a analogous to that. And then I realized more that as I was able to get stronger, the better I was at handling life. And I realized, oh, this is the reason why like the country had such high standards for certain things because we have to pay. We have to stay competitive on a world stage, not just because we need to be economically better, yeah. not just because we need to be like smarter, but because there's literally factions of other countries who are trying to murder us. And in order to be ahead, mm-hmm. we need to be stronger. We need to be smarter. We need to be on the cutting edge of things. And this is why you had like the Oppenheimers, but you also had the guy. You had the gentlemen that we talked about in World War Two who were willing to go to war as young as they were and to see all this like terrible shit because they believed in something. And now that we don't have the standards and we don't have the unity of being a nation that strives for something greater or having this ideal of what is greater, understandably there were, it wasn't the best. There were certain things that we hadn't worked out. Like, you know, misogyny may have been like very bad, but it's like, my thought on this is like, when you, when you, when a kid is growing up, they fuck up as they grow. Yeah. And then they learn. And human, learning is right? part of it. Learning like, experience. Humans develop and then they make mistakes. 
and they realize that they shouldn't do these things as they grow. And I think as a society, it's the same thing where, you know, there are some things that you put into practice that worked for a time, whether you want to call it misogynism or the patriarchy or whatever, they worked for a time because it pushed a particular, um, uh, it pushed society forward. But as we get better, fine, we can like, we can ease off on all that stuff. We sh- just because we ease off on it doesn't mean we should abandon those standards. Well, yeah. problems lead to innovation a lot too. Like that's you know, true. You yeah. know, somebody. I wish I could remember where I just heard this, but I was just hearing about it. You know, before the car was invented and everybody yeah. was going around on horses, horse-drawn yeah. carriages. The big story is like, what are we going to do with all this literal horseshit that's going to fill up our cities when <laughs> yeah. everybody's got a yeah. horse? Yeah. That was a serious problem, yeah. you know? And, and so what was the innovation? The innovation was the automobile, yeah. you know? So that was like one of the things that, that led forward. And that's what, yeah. you know, kind of worries me about all this huge rush to, you know, rush this like crazy Green New Deal and stuff is, is that stunts innovation. Yeah. You know, well, there, there are problems. trying to soften everybody. You know, it's like, it's like, because again, going back to the whole self-esteem conversation, it's just like, when you, when you tell everybody that they don't have to, to, to try because big daddy government is going to take care of you, as you know, I should probably say big, big mother government is going to take care of you and she's going to coddle you and then she's going to provide you with all the money that you need and the, and all like housing and all the stuff. Why try? Like, why be like between the ages of like, I don't know, 16 to 25 and try to do something with your life? When you could just live off the government. Because and eventually the government's going to kick you out. Like You're going to have to pay back somehow. Yeah. So. Or <laughs> it's, it's like, I'm all for personal, um, like, liberty. Yeah. Why? I don't I, want to be dependent on Yeah, that. no, I know. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what gets me about, like, the, the way things have been for the last few years. You're talking about being your own boss. I would have imagined. I would imagine that everybody wants to be their own boss yeah. and wants to, like, run their own show. But for whatever weird reason... Everyone is like going in the direction of having mother government take care of them. Right. What the hell's going on with that? It's so weird. It's easy. It's easy. It is easy. That's what That's, it is. Why it's, try? Uh, just, just what you said about you know hard times create good men, good times create yeah easy times. Well, yeah. you know you got to think about top to bottom how easy and how amazing it is to live in this time. You know from from the technology we have. Think about You're how in, awesome yeah. your iPhone is. Think yeah. about. The, walking into the grocery store, get yeah. anything you can possibly <laughs> yeah. imagine, yeah. and not you only, don't have to hunt, you don't have to gather, you don't have to do your farming, no, you don't yeah. have to do anything. And the flavor yeah. profiles of yeah. these things—it's outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. All of these fast food options, you know, and and that—that's what it comes down to too, with like work and like you're talking about with government handouts. Is man, it really is very—it can be if you choose and allow it to happen. It can be very easy to live very comfortably. Yeah. You know, I cannot even begin to think about what it's going to be like when things like VR really take off, where people can really escape. I saw yeah. I saw a news cool. article the other day, and it's like, oh my gosh, here we come. Have but we seen Wally? Yeah, <laughs> right. Ready Player One. Yeah, yeah, Ready Player One, perfect example. Yeah. You know, but there's a news article. It's like, can VR improve the lives of like poor Africans? And it's like, whoa, like let's let's pump a... the brakes on this a little yeah, bit. Right. Like that is literally the whole premise of Ready Player One. That's like literally the whole thing. They're living <laughs> They're in living shady in, towns. And yeah. little like, you know, rickety shacks and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just and live in the delusion of this thing. I love how in Ready Player One, everybody's avatar is totally different from who they are oh, in yeah. real life. Awesome. Yeah, yeah why would you want to be yourself in a, in yeah. a virtual world? But see, I believe that we can strive yeah. for that in reality. Yeah. Why would you not? Like yeah. if you if you see yourself as stronger, more capable person as in Ready Player One, like you can do all this shit now. Yeah, it's called like, visualization. Like a lot of people don't practice that. Like yeah. that's, and that's the reason. Yeah, manifestation. That's why you create vision boards and that's why you set <laughs> goals for yourself 
so you can achieve, you know, achieve these things instead of having like a fake thing. Like, it, here's the thing: like, the virtual world is always going to be fake. Like, you're, it's yeah. it's not real. It's not reality. So why would you One still cherish? Yeah, man. live in that like fake reality. Yeah, your virtual you're not going to have fake cool, money. Man. Like, no, yeah. like shit. I can have. I could be a multi-billionaire in GTA. But it's not real. Like I can't take that money right, into I'm, reality. I'm a trillionaire in GTA. So what's up? Bitcoin, GTA trillionaire. Yeah. So it's... we should put that up as like the thumbnail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interview with <laughs> GTA. Damn. Real life straw man. GTA trillionaire. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's so weird. It's like because okay, again, really nerdy shit. Like as a kid, like you ever watch like a movie? You watch like a superhero movie? And yeah. You're like fuck, I can be that. And then, and then Listen, I look was, for. I, I have, for me, I have yeah. a hard time with serial movies because I broke my arm because I thought that's true. Real people, but then fly. you, but then you <laughs> came to accept Batman as your as your savior. Yeah, because he's you, real. You attempted to become Batman, which yeah. is what's happening. Yeah, but that, but that's what I mean. It's like I saw the Matrix. It's like okay, he can do that because of the Matrix. Yeah. But I didn't think I could plug in. I thought, okay, how do I learn those things to become that? Yeah. Or now it's like, how do I learn? what John Wick does to be John Wick. And you could do that yeah. stuff. And with technology, you can actually access that a lot easier now, which is exactly why like, it pisses me off that people yeah. don't want to do that. Double, double-edged sword, like we were saying, it can make things. I know. It's, it's very, it's, a lot of things are very easy, and one of those things is access to information and mm -hmm. lessons or you know, something like this. People want to learn about any sort of situation, especially fitness or strongman, what I'm doing, like yeah. you can find that information out easier than ever. Because I still remember the days, it was not that long ago, where the only way you would hear about a big strongman show or powerlifting meet or any sort of athletic competition is like you would better hope that somebody mailed your gym a flyer. Yeah. yeah. Or else yeah. you would never you would never yeah, know. Never and know. now, you know, there's a one stop iron podium. If you yeah. wanna go for a strongman show, look up Iron Podium. It's got Hundreds, maybe thousands, all over that's the country true. every or weekend. Like powerlifting watch. Yeah. Yes. So right. That's the morning morning yeah. chalk up. You get all like yeah, the email. You like, get all yeah. the CrossFit info. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is like that. You can find all that information out now. So back to the point of like a lot of people are also able to apply themselves harder and better than ever that's true. Yeah. with these technologies. These <laughs> things that are. Yeah. No, you're right. No, you're right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Like, uh, what is it like? It's there are still people in the world who like don't realize that there are women who can bench press like 325 like jen thompson can bench press more than i can and oh, she that. looks like just a plain she's a jen lady thompson looks like, like your average mom man she looks like a soccer yeah. mom yeah. Yeah. like yeah. she's got like the bob and she looks like a sweet mm -hmm. lady but she fucking presses 325 like it's nothing and yeah. i'm like i'm barely trying to get there yeah. and like jessica butner her like She's like, uh, what is it? Got a like? lot of day, ladies hitting over she's six now. Lot, I know. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. Why do I even try anymore? Yeah. But that's, but see, I still try. Yeah. Because well, I, I have my own personal goals that I'd like to strive for. Listen, every, everyone is at a different level, you know? Like, just because exactly. you're not there yet doesn't mean you can't achieve that. Like, I learned that through swimming. Like, you know, yeah. you know there's always going to be fast, people faster than you, but you can always compete. True. And there will True. be a lot of those people who are looking at what you're doing and. Yeah. Like this, this like equipment, this technology, yeah. I would not even know how to begin know. with what you're doing and would sit there on themselves and they could bench whatever, 600 pounds, and they would say, man, I really wish I so knew the, how to start a podcast. The, the, immigrant, you know? the immigrant in me does this. I look at, like the, I forgot this guy, his name, um, I think it starts with a K. He's somewhere in Africa, and he's a power lifter in Africa, and he has this like really shitty setup. In I know exactly backyard. who you're talking about. Yeah, it's... they have those videos where they're like deadlifting the pouring yeah, rain and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah that like, guy. Like, big iron, like yeah. objects and stuff like that. Yeah, bars. and like they do that shit. And that that that's what is kind of what grounds me because it makes me realize that we live in like 
the luxury. greatest society yeah. ever. Luxury. And well, there are people who is... don't fucking try. Yeah. And Absolutely. it pisses me off. Yeah. So what I, my coach that I started with when I was 15, his, uh, his name is Josh Bryant. Highly recommend. His whole brand and series is Jailhouse Strong. Okay. If you're interested in looking at yeah. into him, everything, Joe has strong. I started following him on, on Instagram. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of helpful like tips. Like I started incorporating a lot of their methodology and training into into my training now too. So the whole point of Joe House Strong is, you know, the, what's the stereotype about guys that go into prison? It's like they come out Jackson. like Jackson yeah. ripped. And here's the deal: they're not they're not hitting up the most you know expensive state of the art gym. No, no. They don't have like the chef towels. making their meals <laughs> right. They you know they don't have any of these amenities. Yeah. So it's really boiling it down to the fundamentals of what is successful. And I think the tagline even in the book is like whether you're working nine to five or serving fifty to life. These are yeah. the principles that you're going to use. You know, to get bigger and better. So, Facts. you know, for some of these things, no matter who you are, there are universal truths that anybody can apply to their life at any time. And yeah. whether it's, you know, wanting to get big and jacked, wanting to learn a new skill, learning a new language, like there is, there's things like being consistent, being focused, prioritizing what you want to get done, yeah. you know, having a good sleep schedule, things like that, that no matter what you're going after, you know, that's possible with these parameters. And, and you sound like such a boomer, Steve. <laughs> facts are facts. Yeah. That's, all, that's all I gotta say about that. I'm just playing. Facts are facts, I'm a and, boomer and as fuck. you know these are. We keep saying standards, but it's so important. You know, yeah. this again, universal truths, and that's what's like crazy about getting rid of our programs. Like yeah. the presidential fitness yeah. test right. is like we know that doing things that expand your creativity uh, yeah. makes your brain work harder. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. And we're back. We're back. Sorry about that, folks. A little yeah. technical difficulty. We're yeah. just getting back in the swing of things. Yeah. So um, when I was 16, I would do some lessons, and I had this kid, Mikey, who had cerebral palsy. And the one thing that he wanted to do by the end of the summer was to play with the other kids without the use of his crutches. So every day, I'd come in between practices. I would work with him in the pool for an hour, swim up and down the pool, working on his legs. And then by the end of the summer, he walked through the doors, of the pool deck without crutches. And he's like, look, Mr. Mark, look what I can do. That's so that, that was like, yeah, like, yeah, I can't explain like the, the level of happiness and like excited, Don't. you know, exciting, being excited. Don't cry. Yeah. I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was truly like a, a blessed moment. And you know, one of the moments that I'll remember. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. I think we all, like you said, we all share that same feeling and we just want to like, we like seeing that in people yeah. and you see it all the time. Like, cause when you run your show and you've been in competition, you'll see people in different weight classes, different levels of skill. You get the elite lifters mixed in with the people who have just barely started. And it's cool to watch every fucking time. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point is I, I encourage everybody get out there, put yourself on the line, get into a competition, yeah. you know, it's a fast track to learning. Fast track to getting better at whatever you want to do, do is getting one. in a competition, yeah. you know, and for so many reasons. Like for one, like you just said, you have a combination of elite to novice. You know, if you're a novice, you're going to get to see a lot of elite lifters that are from outside of your background mm -hmm. that you might learn a little tip or trick from. Yeah. Okay. So you might see something like, oh, I see how that guy did X, <laughs> Y, Z. That's a really smart idea. You maybe would have never seen that beforehand or networking, right? Because, yeah. you know, our... Yeah. We're lucky that in this, you know, Bradenton, Sarasota area, we've got a pretty large fitness community, yeah. but it's still not gigantic, yeah. right? Yeah. So, you know, going to these things, you're going to get better networking. You're going to learn more people 
that are doing the things you want to do. Or maybe, you know, Strongman's pretty limited. Yeah. So there's only, I can only think of one gym anywhere near me that's got a car deadlift. So like if I yeah. want to do that, I know where that is now because I've met the guy that has it. Yeah. You know, or the Viking press or like, you know, this thing, like the cone, like, you know, knowing all those things gives you those opportunities to better yourself through that networking. So it's, it's competing, you know, also getting rid of those nerves. It's okay yep. if you're nervous yeah. to compete. Yeah. You know, and that's natural. You should be a little nervous to compete. At Metroflex, at my home gym in Arlington, Texas, there's all these things written all over the walls. And one of my favorite ones was, if the weight doesn't scare you, it's not heavy enough. You yeah. know, what a big, what an awesome metaphor, right? Yeah. Like if you're going for a big PR, Ugh. you should be like, yeah. oh, uh, shit, I don't know man. how I'm making yeah, this. <laughs> you know, you know. And on that yeah. note, one thing I want to say is that that's energy. If you're yeah. ever in that moment and you feel nerves or jitters like that, I view that yeah. as raw energy, and yeah. if you can have the presence well, and the state of like, mind to harness yeah. that into enthusiasm and excitement, mm -hmm. the whole game changes. Yeah, it's a beautiful you thing. You know, the, the energy you're feeling, whether it's 2020 chaos, like that's real, yeah. raw, pure energy, and if you're focused and intelligent about what you want to do and use that energy for, you can channel anything you want mm -hmm. into anything. Well, like, like, my brother always tells me, is like, if you're nervous about something, that means you care a lot about it. Yeah. And like, I, you know, I can tell you, like, before my, my state championship swim meet, I threw up before my race. I was nice. that nervous. Because I carry, like, well, one, I was the youngest youngest competitor in the field. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't expect to be seated number one going into the final. So I was like, I had a lot riding on this. I was like, dude, my parents are here. They they drove, they didn't even know I was going to be in finals. They drove from, you know, Venice to Fort Lauderdale. Now I got this added pressure. I'm like, what if I blow this? I had all these different you know, th thoughts in my mind. I was like, and it took my teammate Tyler. He's like, "Dude, what are you nervous about? You got this." And that mm -hmm. instantly put me Boom. back, put me yeah, back right. in reality. And I, it was game time after that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like like you said, like if you're not, you should be. You should have that general fear, and like that little, you know, little butterflies and little nervousness before before competing. Like yeah. I think that's super healthy. Because it matters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it matters, like it's so. no different than like, oh, there's a girl that I really like. You do approach. It. It's the same thing. One, two, three, go. Yeah, one, two, three, go. Yeah, and <laughs> Let's go. those experiences, I've I've had a couple of people comment to me that have seen me perform, you know, like, how do you do that without nerves? Yeah. And really, it's because I've done these so many times yeah. Yeah. that now it's it's second nature. Yeah. But still, big important shows, I'm like, oh, man, yeah. I see you that guy nervous, over yeah. there, like, that's the guy yeah. I'm going up against. Yeah. Oh, boy. You still got to perform. Well, being, being a seasoned athlete, too, like, you learn how to mask it. I mean, for yeah. me... As I've gotten older, especially with like swimming, like you, you go to these ready rooms, you go to these big meets, you know, people try to get in your head, and I kind of try to stay in my own mental zone. Mm -hmm. I always have my headphones on, you know, goggles already on, like everything prepped. I visualize what I need to do for a race, you know, just mentally prepared. And like same thing if when I compete in CrossFit, like I had steps I needed to go through, the box breathing to slow my heart rate down because if you compete with the too high heart rate, you, you go out too hot. Mm. you know you don't want to die out so yeah it's you know and as you know as i compete in other things as i get older and as i coach i'm like i tell these kids like slow it down you're going to be going 100 miles an hour when you get on that platform you're going to be going 100 miles an hour when you step up on that block slow it down bring your heart rate down remember your game plan stick to it yeah you've, practiced, you've done this literally a thousand times yeah you can do this blindfolded. It's, it's, it's funny yeah. how, the, how much the metric of performance is the same across the board because I just yeah. heard this from um, some Mike Glover, former Navy SEAL. Mm -hmm. He does field crest survival. He talks about how when you enter into a room, you want to rush into there, but you want to actually control your breathing because if you go in too hot, 
your ability to be able to perform and shoot actually goes to shit. Yeah. You make good decisions. Yeah. yeah, you can't make you good decisions. You get tunnel vision. You get tunnel like, vision. Yeah, all things are things are too fast. I mean, that's, and, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. It's like it's you won't see these things until you start to focus in on performance and what you're capable of and how you can go about it. Yeah. And I, it translates to everyday day life. Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you're you know especially for like first responders, like if you get that adrenaline dump and you haven't practiced this and you haven't learned how to control your own body, like you're going to fuck up. Like, and that's somebody's life that's life depending on, hands, depending on yeah. Literally, yeah. So like learn how to control your breathing, learn how to box breathe, learn how to be in those high pressure situations, like which competition, strength training, weightlifting, combat sports, sports in general, yeah. puts you in. Cause they all, all of those things put you in uncomfortable positions. You have to learn how to get your way out of it. So, and use those moments mm -hmm. in future, events and yeah. situations where you feel those nerves you yeah. can always recall back to yeah. like you know whether it's a gym pr or a competition or my favorite example recently i went skydiving so yeah. like i was like oh my gosh like well you know what yeah. but you know it's like you can say like yeah. you know what man i smashed that 600 pound deadlift i got this yeah. or for me really my mantra recently has been like man I jumped out of a fucking plane i got yeah. this yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you know i have no problem there's nothing there. that scares me <laughs> right right yeah, yeah, roller coasters are boring after that. Uh, well, yeah. Like, yeah. What's more fun than jumping at 18,000? Nothing. Nothing. Awesome. Nothing. Highly recommend to yeah. everybody. I've been twice. It's fucking yeah, great. I, yeah, yeah. I, went, I went in May, so that was, yeah. that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I think the scariest part was the, uh, the door opening. And that's my Yeah, because oh. it's just the anticipation. Yeah, the anticipation, yeah. And that was the first one off the plane. Yeah. So, I was second. I was yeah. so glad yeah. that I was second. You know, not... And, I didn't want to overthink it. I didn't want to have, I know that I'm most comfortable when I just dive right in. Yeah. So when that, you know, door open next to me, I'm like, great, this guy's going to be right in front of me and yeah. then I'm going, thank yeah. you. I did not want to be that guy in the back of the plane seeing yeah. like one, two, oh man, oh, here man. it comes, there's five more, oh my gosh, six, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. ready. It's just that, that door opening, you're just staring at, well, I was staring at clouds. I, I couldn't see the ground yet. Yeah. So, yeah. but when we went, I was like, you know, it was just that complete euphoria of just falling. Yeah. And, you know, I finally flew because, you know, we're going away from the plane. But, you know, as I said before, like Superman is, I hate Superman because he lied to me and told me people could fly and I broke my arm. You jumped off your couch and broke your arm. Yeah. But I actually flew that time. So it was, uh, it was an awesome experience and definitely something I would do a hundred times over. Yeah. So if you were, if you were one of the first people, did you have the same experience as me where, you know, when, when we're taking off and like gaining altitude, I felt like I was looking straight down when we were oh, yeah, there. Yeah, oh yeah. man. I was like, I looked straight down and like, we went through a rain cloud, so I couldn't see the ground. And then we exited through the cloud and it was just earth and just, just awesome. East coast of Florida. Yeah. So <laughs> he's like, Whoa, and he hit the, hit the parachute and we went back up in the cloud, but it was cool. Cause when we went through the rain cloud, you know, you get all the water droplets and water vapors and everything. I didn't know I was soaking wet until I exited. Nice. So it was, it was pretty cool. It was yeah. a definitely experience that I'll, I'll never forget because how many, how often do you go through a rain cloud? No, I, I got to go through a rain cloud too. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. That yeah. feeling yeah. of water vapor, yeah. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said our shoot like right yeah. in the middle of the cloud and yeah. about 15 seconds later yeah. we coasted out of it. Yeah. I got to see the Kennedy Space Center and Don't. all that fun stuff. Oh, yeah, so that's cool. so good. Yeah. yeah. So, so Steve, before anyone decides to do anything crazy like jump out of airplanes, and if they wanted to just uh, take part in a, in a competition, even the first one, what have you got going on? I have three competitions that are coming up this fall. First one, August 27th, it's Beasts of the Bay, the United States Strongman Sanctioned Show that's inside the Tampa Bay Fitness Expo. September 17th, 
world's strongest man a team. It's the first ever team mm -hmm. strong man competition in the state of Florida. And then on October, I believe it's the 30th, but it's the last Saturday in October, is Static Monsters. Static Monsters is a log press and axle deadlift competition. Three attempts at a one rep max of each lift. We're holding that at Asgard Training Center in Bradenton, Florida. If you're interested in any of those shows, you can either go to my Instagram at World's Strongest Manatee or SuncoastStrongMan.com. All the links, all the info, readily available. Sweet but awesome. there's always, you know, I'm, I'm running a couple shows a year. I do have novice divisions. And I also, if you come to any of my pages, I have resources for other shows that are around the state. You know, if you're not local, you want something that's a little different, no problem. There's lots of opportunities. But, you know, feel free. Again, at World Strongest Manatee or SuncoastStrongMan.com. You can find my shows or other shows throughout the state if you want to get your feet wet. Cool. And you also have training at uh, CrossFit Havoc, right? CrossFit Havoc. If you're ever interested, I run a strongman training program at CrossFit Havoc nice. in Bradenton. It's in the downtown area of Bradenton. That's 801 7th Ave West in Bradenton. If you want to come check it out, I highly recommend coming to a Saturday strongman class. We run them at 8 a.m every Saturday, 8 a.m. And on those Saturdays, we'll do technique. Could be anything from kegs, atlas stones, logs, sandbags, yokes. I mean, it's a big mix of stuff, but those days, you know, really a great opportunity because it's a Saturday. We have a little more time to take our time. Yep. Mm. You know, we're not rushing off to work. So you're welcome to come to any one. First one is always free. You know, of course, waivers involved, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, not gonna, not gonna kill you, I promise. That's yeah. just standard gym <laughs> it's practice. A nice facility. You know, yeah. but you know, come through any time. And yeah. even if you're not local, you have some questions, hesitance, no problem. Shoot me a message. Like I'm always, you know, willing to help. Like you said earlier, yeah. it doesn't matter how extreme or whatever we might sound about this yeah. or that. Like ultimately, we feel so strongly about this because we have passion and we want to help others. Yeah. You know, so shoot me a message anytime. Yeah, you got like uh you got like a fire hose of all the energy and all the help. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. <shows>. yeah. <laughs> That's you pretty know, cool. It's it's great. I feel very fortunate and blessed to be able to have this energy. You know, you, you look around and so many people are on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable, you know, and, and it's complacency. I mean, yeah. At, at the end of the day, like people need to realize complacency, complacency is it's going to kill you. Yeah. He's going to end up being yeah. like, uh, the, if you guys ever saw Wally, you're going to end up being like people in Wally. Yeah. It's not the life you want to live. Yeah. You know, the robots are going to be cool. <laughs> no, want to be individually empowered. Yeah. You know, you yeah. can do things that are far greater than you could ever imagine you possible. That? That's wild. Yeah. It's absolutely like You could be your own person. Whoa, no way. That's Get out crazy. Of here. And you can identify as your own awesome person. And it doesn't wow. matter where you are in life. If you feel like you're at the bottom of the pit or the barrel right you now, can work your way out. I promise you there are steps to get out of mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And there's cool. always people out there to help pull you out of those steps. Truly. There really always. are. Yeah. Guys like you. We want to do that. That's the whole focus of all this. Definitely want to push this more. But um, I guess we should call this yeah. wrap here. Closing thoughts, yeah. yeah. So I'm Mark with Florida's Fizz Podcast. You can find me at MCLX91 on Instagram or at, at Florida's Fittest Podcast on Instagram as well. Cool. Steve Coyne, again, you can check out all the info for my shows, events, training, Instagram at World Strongest Manatee or Suncoast Strongman. Com. Awesome. And I'm Mark at Echelon Media. So I'm the geeky, Asian, nerdy guy. So that's what I do. <laughs> I do strong stuff too. Yeah.
Well, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Um, if you like this, give us a thumbs up. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. I think Spotify does those ratings too, but we're on Spotify as well. Something new. And, um, yeah, we appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you guys for always tuning in and supporting us. So, Peace. See you.